You're listening to Campus Review Radio. Hello, it's Wade Zaglis here, Education Editor for Campus Review. As the COVID-19 pandemic continues to wreak havoc both medically, medically and economically around the world, some expert commentators have asked what seems like a callous question. Should we just live with the virus if this is what life will be like for the foreseeable future? On an episode of Q&A earlier this year, the University of New South Wales economics professor caused storm when she, point, when she pointed out the human costs of lockdowns, including rising mental health issues, loss of workplace productivity and health, and possibly shortened lives. To explore this important and controversial issue more, I'm speaking to Glenn Whitworth a professor at the Centre of Policy Studies at Victoria University. Professor, as I've mentioned, there have been arguments made by the University of New South Wales economist Gigi Forster and former PM Tony Abbott that living with the virus may be less harmful than trying to aggressively suppress it or eliminate it. Is this a reasonable consideration? Why or why not? Managing the virus requires trade-offs. So if we lock down for a period of time, there will be economic losses. That said, COVID deaths are a very high price to pay for attempting to keep the economy open. Um, So I think we may have to learn to live with manageable levels of the virus in the absence of a vaccine. But what is manageable without restrictions on social interactions, the virus could quickly become unmanageable. And even in Australia, where governments have been vigilant, health workers, for example, have been exhausted trying to manage the virus. And so um, we may not have gone close to overloading overloading our intensive care units, but we've certainly uh, tested the capacity of our health workers. Um, And the question is, is an accelerated level of cases among health workers and exhaustion and so on an an acceptable price to pay for attempting to open up the economy soon? Right. Is there any economic theory or theories that address such questions that, for example you know, the monetary value we place on humans over their lifetimes? I know that sounds a bit um, cold, but... Well, I'll come up with two other ideas first. The first one is about opportunity cost. And you referred to two commentators who uh, stated uh, some notion of what the so-called opportunity costs are of lockdown. Well, medical professionals also have some notion of opportunity costs. And what we mean by that is that in healthcare, um, locking down services reduces access to the normal medical, surgical and dental procedures. Mm. And at some point, the damage of restrictive services through not treating other conditions may outweigh the damage of COVID-19. And as you've mentioned, there's also the mental health side of lockdowns. These are examples of opportunity costs. And that means that when COVID cases are increasing, these other costs may be 
may be outweighed by COVID damage. But when COVID cases are on the way, it, it, it may swing the other way. Mm-hmm. A second notion that economists have is that of comparative advantage. And in human skills, my understanding is that this implies that we should listen to experts. And in this context, that means uh, the epidemiologists and our governments at the federal and state levels have to a large extent done so. Now, the final thread of your question uh, was about um, the monetary value of human lives. We, we could put a value on human years lost and measure the dollar damage of COVID-19 in terms of lives lost. That is, a death, deaths among the old might imply fewer person years lost than deaths among the young. But apart from that, don't forget that in non-fatal cases, there might be other economic losses to do with reduced labour productivity due to illness. And they, they need to be weighed against the, uh, the economic damage that we uh, see around us. Uh, living in Victoria itself, what do you fear may happen economically if Victoria remains in this state um, of lockdown for much longer? I know there have been a few concessions. Um, both media and politicians have predicted that hundreds, if not thousands, of businesses will go under, go under or become so-called phantom businesses. It's a very important point. And even with a return to relative normality in coming months, we will still have economic damage. Some businesses have closed and they won't be back. Others might do surprisingly well. Uh, for example, um, domestic demand might increase if Australians holiday at home instead of travelling overseas. But unfortunately, without international travel, even though tourism exports might be offset by the home tourism boost. Universities will not recover anytime soon because they rely heavily on international students. So I think the bottom line is that we're going to need a lot of intervention by government to help uh, households and businesses recover from the pandemic. And finally, Professor Woodworth, can you point to a country that has lived with the virus and kept businesses in the community open? Did it work for them or did they need to embed COVID-safe practices in what they did? You're obviously thinking of Sweden. Yes. Let's compare Sweden and Germany. Now, recall that Germany locked down early. Now, we can look at the economic data for Sweden and Germany, and it turns out that Sweden's economy has only done slightly better than Germany's, and indeed Sweden shrank by 8% in the June quarter. Well, what was the price of this? Uh, Well, um, Sweden's COVID death rate per capita has been five times higher than that of Germany. But having said that, its death rate has, per capita has been lower than that in the United States. That might reflect Sweden's comparatively accessible health system. 
But while we're making these comparisons, we shouldn't think for a moment that the Swedes have lived with freedom. Many have chosen a form of lockdown of their own in the absence of government enforcement. And from what I've read, travellers down to 40% of usual levels within Sweden. And the outcome, but having said all that, the outcome may have been closer to that in, in Germany had there been better communication with migrant communities and early mask wearing in aged care units. Uh, finally, the one might speculate that the Swedes will have better mental health outcomes than some other places, but I wouldn't be saying that among those uh, suffering COVID-related family bereavements. Mm-hmm. Well, Professor Whitworth from Victoria University, thank you so much for speaking to Campus Review about this important issue. It was a pleasure, Wade. Thank you.